The Very Serious Crafts Podcast is now on Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com slash seriouscrafts to support our podcast and get early access to episodes, find out about our unfiltered Patreon-only off-week episodes, and more. You're listening to the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. We're very serious crafters. And we craft very serious crafts. Very serious. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 4 of the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. I'm Haley from Red Handled Scissors. I'm Heidi from Hands Occupied, and I'm here! Yay! Yay! <laughs> and I'm Holly from Wild Olive. Today we will be talking about knitting in the apocalypse, new books, and awkward handmade outfits. But mostly we're going to talk about Heidi being here, because yay! <laughs> yes, because we're very, very excited. <laughs> I, I'm very excited to be back. Yes. So, um... I feel like we should immediately address the virus in the room. No, <laughs> no, no, no virus no, in this the virus room. not in the room. There's no virus in this room. <laughs> okay. We we are very socially distant people by nature. It's true. We never yes. leave our apartments, so it's fine. Yeah. Our apartment, house, all of the things. We stay exactly. in. Cave. Yep. Cave. <laughs> Cave. <laughs> um, so, I guess, um, since I'm in New York City and... It's basically crickets outside in my neighborhood, and everybody is inside, except for the people doing deliveries, mm-hmm. um, which, bless them. It's my thoughts, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I hope they're getting hazard pay. Yeah. So, in the current world where we are living with the coronavirus pandemic, uh, I'm not really sorry about having an extra large craft supply stash. <laughs> You know that thing I've been complaining about for a couple of years now? Yeah. Uh, It's fine. Yeah. It's really fine. Yeah. (laughs) I was thinking about this because, like, we, um, for people who subscribe to Patreon, the most recent episode there, Half Stitch, we talked about craft supplies we couldn't bear to part with. And, Uh I mean, the current state just reinforces all of that. Yeah. It's true. I feel great about having enough of pretty much all of the things that I could just hang out and make stuff for at least a year. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope that that is not a thing. I don't think I yeah, could no. I don't think I could afford to do that for a full year, but boy, I would do that in a heartbeat if I could. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I'm not saying I'm going to. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're all working per usual. Yeah, because yeah. we always but I mean, from home, we have the supplies <laughs> yeah. to work from home yeah. on the things that we make. Exactly. So I just and that's I think the hardest thing as a maker right now for me is being is like cheering on all my friends or like people that I that have been like bought more than one pattern or are active on Ravelry or whatever that I yeah. know as friends online, like from the hands occupied mm-hmm. community, like seeing yeah. them be like all right, I'm going to actually finish, like, I'm I'm going to bind off all this stuff that every year is on my list. I'm going to do it. And like, they're really using that in this time. And I'm like, I'm so jealous. I have so much work to do. Same. (laughs) Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. (laughs) Very that. Uh huh. But also Uh that's a good problem to have right now Mm -hmm. because a lot of people are panicking because they don't. Yeah. 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 So, Heidi, you're back. Oh, yeah. yes. I am here. <laughs> yes. Hi. Oh, yes, I'm here. <laughs> In a minute, I'll tell you all why. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> why you're back or why you were gone? <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll see. Okay. <laughs> all right. Fine. Fair. Um, Fair. As, as I told these guys, I, like... If you follow me online, um, you'll know that I've been not here. And also, like, my studio's been on pause already for a little while as I worked on a very large project. So I'm a little bit, like, socially feral right now. Because I'm coming up, <laughs> I'm coming from one, like, long, like, two-month period of time where I just mostly worked. Not healthy, by the way. Um, and then straight into this social distancing thing. I don't know. There's going to be a lot of weird vibes for me is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, we're into it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. It's why we're friends. Yeah. 
So yeah. Thank you, dear um, listeners, for knowing what you signed up for. <laughs> it's true. If they don't know by now, I can't help them. Yeah. True. <laughs> um, anyway, Molly, and, how are you doing? Uh I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I um I have been like feeling like I should be like doing all the new things and that includes um brainstorming new ideas and this is tell me tell me what you think but I think that this is smart um I, you know I don't want to take advantage of um what's been going on in the world but I do think that there's probably going to be a great need for a lot of new craft ideas for using toilet paper tubes <laughs> right <Heck> yeah because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all of a sudden that they have been selling out yeah I mean so like the people who have hoarded all the toilet paper suddenly are going to go, what do I do now? I have 8,000 toilet paper tubes, so let's make a craft. I, what mm-hmm. do you think? I think it's good, right? I sincerely well, hope and- they don't use them that quickly. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't want to be somebody who had to go through that much toilet paper that quickly because that's probably a sign of not a good day. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. People people could start, like, if they're cooped up, like, their kids might just start, like, playing with the toilet paper, like, doing, like, games and things. That's worth money right now. Come on. Um, Uh, Yeah. Molly. (laughs) Uh, Molly. Yeah? (laughs) When you said cooped up, all I could think was pooped up. Oh boy. Okay. Mm. I, you opened the subject, Molly. <laughs> this is I entirely think... your doing. All right. We've already established that we're a little giddy, but I think if they're all pooped up, they aren't going to be using the toilet paper. Am I right? True. Very true. Mm. Can, can we talk about things that aren't crappy? <laughs> Yes, let's. Okay, so I, I'm just going to go with that. Uh, oh, gosh, I didn't even need, need to make that joke. Go with the um, flow, Haley. Oh, yeah, okay, so okay. let's... Before let's, we jump into I, talking. Yeah, before we... <laughs> let's move away from, from things related the to... The toilet? Step away from the bathroom. I was going to say just germs in general. Let's move away from germs okay. in general as much as possible. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, okay. guys. I, I, I'm fine, fine. So before we jump into talking, we want to give a shout out to all of our serious friends of the Very Serious Crafts podcast who are supporting us on patreon.com slash serious crafts. Many thanks. You are the best. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> it's true. It is. You are. We like you a lot. We're sorry about the toilet paper. <laughs> okay. So, since I guess we're just going to stay on the subject of viruses that are freaking us all out, I have seen a lot of really creative ways that people are figuring out for hanging out and making things together and spending time together since we can't actually say go to our knit nights or go to events that are being canceled and things like that. Yeah. And so yesterday I had my very first video stitch session on Zoom, which is also a thing that I only learned about yesterday. And it would seem that everybody is having meetings on it right now. So <laughs> yes. there we are. <laughs> and I, I think that's the platform that a lot of colleges are planning on using after this extended spring break from what I've read. Yeah, Yeah. and I like it because it does the, like, Brady Bunch-style tiling. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, it's also visually funny, whatever anybody happens to be doing, because it looks like they're doing it to the person. Brady Bunch-style, yeah. Uh And I think that's funny. But, so, it, it was shockingly effective. Nice. I thought. And... Also, you know how when you're at, like, a larger knit night or crafting group where you can't necessarily see everyone and talk to everybody because, you know, they're at the other end of the table or whatever? Um, It was kind of nice to be able to see everybody's face all at the same time. And we just sort of took turns telling each other 
what our current experiences were and where we were at while knitting. As as a weekly, well, not right now, but Uh as a weekly facilitator of an in-person craft night that's largely knitting, I gotta say, one person talking at a time would be such a relief in real life. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But I get it. We're all excited. But I'm, that's always a thing that I'm like, I don't even know what's going on. I hope they're having a good time. Ah. Yep. It's so always it fine, was, but. Yeah. So it was cool. And it wasn't even people I, like, I knew maybe a third of the people mm-hmm. who were there. But I also knew that the person who organized it is, like, one of the original people who brought back like knitting and stuff in the 90s and Mm -hmm. so she organized it and so it was a really cool mix of people and that also sounds crafts as a knitter who's in my early 30s like that crew of people I probably would be so psyched to even talk to I would probably just be sitting there with my knitting like not a word (laughs) it it was very (laughs) I I had a few moments where I was looking around it's like this this is my life at the moment that's interesting isn't that cool um, yeah I, I i was a little bit fangirly i will say <laughs> I, I i mean and someone it's awesome i as yeah. somebody who now hosts a podcast with two of my heroes i'm not embarrassed to say that <laughs> um you're not my heroes anymore just kidding <laughs> don't meet your heroes. exactly <laughs> kidding 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 oh, no that's um, the best it's like the best, I think that's the, the best thing about having a creative career is when you're like, oh, I'm, I can talk. Like I know these people. Like yeah. this yeah. is real life. It's very kind of validating. Anyway, weirdness. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> no, I mean you're completely right. I yeah. almost texted you both last night, being like, guess what I'm doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was it was really fun, and um, one of my friends was even building. An honest to God wooden dollhouse <laughs> during oh, cool. the, the hangout. Like it was just. And that's something that, like, I, I can't facilitate certain crafts at craft night. Mm-hmm. Digital craft night might be an option, man. Well, yeah, it was I, nice. I think that in a lot of ways, this um, situation is going to, um, it, you know, when you put limitations on things, it always brings out creativity, no matter what. No matter what you're talking about, right? Like Mm -hmm. Mother necessity. If you only have like two supplies, (laughs) you find a creative way to use the two supplies, you know? But so I absolutely it could it could create some situations where people are able to connect differently with different people, different things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's that's one of the good things that can come out of an otherwise horrible situation. So, mm-hmm. oh yeah, you know that's and cool. it was such a relief for everyone to just be able to hang out and talk to other people because a lot of people are stuck in their apartments alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like it was just so nice to be within a group of people who were stressed out about the same thing and also being really supportive and coming up with creative ideas and like if people were scared reassuring them and it was just it was a really nice it it was such a relief to have sort of like the the social levity mm-hmm. in yeah what has felt like such a serious time yeah and yeah it was really great well and for me um like i mean we'd be remiss not to say that everybody's anxious right now yeah and for me one of the most i guess encouraging things has been connecting like i i'm part of a like a community of people who um have a similar medical condition and Mm -hmm. Through this coronavirus scare, there's some people who um, like are homebound to begin with and immunocompromised. And it's been really inspiring to see some of these individuals become community leaders and like yeah. teach yeah. people who aren't as bad off as they are what they can do now and what they might want to do now. And like medical advice that they're receiving that people who maybe are avoiding the doctor could benefit from like it's no like they're not real doctors but it's just people like really digging deep and connecting as a community like person to person even digitally 
has been really, really inspiring to see, especially when it's somebody like that who, like, has a lot more to be scared of than me right now, for instance. Oh, yeah. And I think it's also interesting, like, my best friend texted me and was like, hey, we should make a video date to hang out. And, like, people are actually, like, I don't necessarily see my best friend very often. Right. We live in the same city. But it's New York. It doesn't matter. Yes. But we live in the same borough. Okay. We live within walking distance of each other. I gotcha. Um, (laughs) But like, you know, half an hour walking distance. Um, But so we don't see each other all the time. And she's now um, at her boyfriend's place in Upper Manhattan. And so I'm not going to see her until the end of this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really nice that people are specifically reaching out and making plans in a way that I don't think I think that I have more plans to actually interact with people right now Mm -hmm. than I ever do yeah yeah I think I'm probably the same yeah Yeah, which is weird to think about yeah I I'm trying not to let that stress me out actually that there's more. I am actually having more interaction right now. <laughs> Is that terrible? Like, it's no. nice. Like, I like the interaction I'm having, but also, yeah. like, well, we're trying. It's we're so all different. Making a specific effort to yeah. hang out yeah. with the people we care about. And we're actually thinking about doing that. And I don't think we usually do in our daily lives. Um, blah, blah, blah. I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> Not have you been watching anything this I co- think you're going to Norway, aren't you? <laughs> I am. I'm going. <laughs> um Yeah, so while while all <laughs> while all of this has been going on, like and we're all giddy about it, apparently, or something. <laughs> um or something. Or something. Yes. Uh I am not physically going anywhere. I was actually supposed to be in Brooklyn and seeing Haley face to face, but that is not happening. It's now. true. Um, <laughs> well done. Good yeah. call. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not traveling anywhere. I'm definitely not traveling to Norway, except that in this discussion, we sort of will be traveling to Norway because I have Welcome been- in. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes. I have been- I, I'm Norwegian, I have to say it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and that's very similar to some Swedish for for welcome. But <laughs> I've been wanting to talk about this probably since the beginning of this season. And I waited Uh on it because I wanted to wait until Heidi would be here because I thought she'd want to talk about it too. Never could I have planned for a more perfect topic than when people are listening to this and looking for things to occupy their time. Now, some of you may have heard about this. Or hands. Yes, (laughs) or hands. Sorry. So there was this thing that happened a few years back on... Um, Norwegian television, they called it slow TV, and they had a number of things that basically they just broadcast stuff in real time. We're used to television shows that move very quickly. This was all in real time. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that they had was National Knitting Night. It is literally 12 straight hours of watching people knit, except that for a chunk of the time, it was they did this um, challenge to try and break a record and the record was I think it, they call it like the back to back challenge and they take a sheep they shear the sheep at the beginning of the challenge oh so I know it yeah the yeah so the wool comes off the back of the sheep they spin the wool they knit the sweater and then put it on a human's back so back to back so cool right so <laughs> The Norwegians in this challenge are trying to break a record held by the Australians, and it's like less than Ooh, five hours. That, for that's this a deep. Challenge. That is a deep rivalry, you guys. Yeah. Well, Norway and Australia. Well, Scandinavian wool and Australian wool. Australians are really proud of their wool. That oh, makes sense. Mm-hmm. I could see this as a fine. Thing. <laughs> um. So sorry. I I'm gonna be like full disclosure. I still have not watched all of the hours of this. I've sat through the first hour of it at different times, like when I, you know, can sit and work with it in the background. It is all in Norwegian with 
a translator who translates some of the things and kind of explains what's going on. It is so charming, though. It is exactly like what you need when you just are going to chill out and have something in the background. Have you guys, have either of you watched any of it? Yeah. No. My, I haven't. I knew, I, I pulled it up for the knitting one, which I haven't seen all of myself. Actually, and this is a great reminder to do that. Um, I had a migraine for 12 hours on Monday. I could have had the thing on the whole time. Uh, what am I thinking? I that would have been perfect. Well, you weren't at yeah. that point. I, I don't yeah. think I was thinking at that point. But no. for fellow migraine people, this might be a thing if you can handle sound or a little bit of light. I, I digress, though. Um, so I pulled up the show on Netflix after hearing about the knit night thing. And then my husband, Ed, got super excited because he loves trains. And there's one where you're like sitting at the front of a train and just riding from one Norwegian town to another. Yeah. And that's cool. another nice one for if you're like going a little stir crazy. Yeah. So unfortunately, yeah. it's not on Netflix anymore, but it is oh. on the Norwegian television website. So I will have a link to the knitting one on uh, in our show notes. And then it links to other ones that they have as well. I mean, yeah. essentially, I've seen it described <laughs> as, like, the virtual fireplace of knitting. Yeah. Yep. That's very that appropriate. But I have to say, like, <clears throat> watching them go from, like, shearing the sheep to, like, spinning and immediately starting to knit with that wool. Like, that's really – there's actually something kind of exciting about that. Maybe not for <laughs> – yeah. four and a half hours of it but um i don't know if I think they there won. are workshops that do that like long workshops i've heard of that happening yeah sheep yeah. to shawl yeah I think. okay or sheep sheep to sheep sheep to, exactly sheep to sweater it. there you go one of those two um uh, i've heard of sheep to shawl yeah that would be a little bit easier than a whole a whole sweater i guess it depends how big the sheep is it it would also depend on the, the type of shawl you're making, I suppose. Can we make a sweater for Mr. Big Stuff? How big is he these Almost. days? Medium. Oh, <laughs> Mr. Medium Stuff. That is what my best friend refers to him as. I love that. Aww. Sorry. Indeed. <laughs> I still owe, uh, speaking of sergeants or no, lieutenants, I owe things. Ah. Captain, no, is it lieutenant that I owe? Yes. The guinea pig that I owe a sweater to? Yeah. Okay. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> it's fine. I, you know, I made her a, um, a baby Yoda-esque blanket jacket. Oh, so cute. I loved it. She's not a fan. She's not a fan. Ugh, well. So. But she, it was adorable. She needs to get with the program. The, well, Star, the Star Wars program. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh -huh. Yes, that. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> Leave the house after it's safe, guys. Uh -huh. I am a cautionary tale. Anyway. Um, are you are you, are you through with that? Mommy? I'm through with that because I don't think that we should uh talk any longer than necessary about a thing that is literally twelve hours of watching people knit in real time, so that's <laughs> fine. Okay, yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I promise this is just coffee and cream. <laughs> Oh, I haven't had any coffee in like a week and a half. Oh, man. Huh. Are you a psychopath? Uh, I just don't make it for myself in the morning. I go get it. Oh, uh, you're probably going to be really healthy after this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from sitting on my butt inside. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Super healthy. Self-care. Okay. okay. So I went sort of down a rabbit hole with regards to sewing machines after seeing a BBC article during um, Women's History Month. Is that this month? That was last month, right? Uh, I don't know. Women's, <laughs> anyway. International Women's Day is March 8th, so I think it's March. Okay. Right? Sure. Mar right. Isn't it Women's so, Month and Craft Month are the same? <laughs> Which is funny. No comment. Uh, well, I, I'm about to head down that Exactly. Ah. All right. So, sewing machines. They, at least what we know of right now as the modern working sewing machine design, turns out was 
I guess, invented, developed, because sewing machines existed before this, they just didn't work, um, <laughs> was, it's true, uh, was developed by kind of a jerk who didn't really like women. Well, he liked women, but he didn't like to treat them very well. Oh. Um, so I, I am, uh, of course, referring to Isaac Merritt Singer of the Singer Sewing Machines. Uh, he was an inventor, also a failed actor, apparently. Interesting. And he, yeah, right? And he invented a machine for carving wooden movable type, except he invented it at the end of using wooden movable type. Mm. So the machine apparently worked fantastically. It's just that nobody wanted it. And so in sort of the same space where he was working, uh, there was... Someone who took a look at his carving machine and thought that maybe he would have some ideas for making a sewing machine that actually functioned. And, you know, as history would have it, he did. So um, the sewing machine that he finally made in, I think, the first one was patented in 1851 so it was sort of during the 1850s when all of the sewing machine companies that people know of historically they were all sort of competing mm -hmm. and they were also all using patented parts that were their own of course and uh -huh. then suing each other for uh, look at using the look at the telecom industry <laughs> so apparently though he had made a working sewing machine it used patented parts that other people held the patents for and so it became a big mess until a lawyer was like guys listen why don't you just license each other and make bank and they were like oh mm, okay yeah. so singer apparently was a known adulterer and had three different separate families all at the same time, some of whom knew about each other okay. while being married to someone entirely different. So he doesn't have a great record with women is the thing, mm -hmm. except for now he's got this sewing machine and wants to sell it. And <laughs> he has to convince a bunch of men that women are capable of running this complicated machine, which is not a complicated machine, Good for Lord. the record. <laughs> um, Shaking so my now, head. Yeah. So this guy who's not great about women and who apparently joked that the suggestion of making a sewing machine would remove the only thing that was keeping women quiet. Um, that's cool. the phrase. Yeah, wow. so, so he's not great. You want to know what's quieter? Being faithful to one partner. Th that would be quieter. Sorry. I, I mean, <laughs> fewer children. Sure. <laughs> and that, that was a thing. So... Anyway, so this guy with the terrible record with women and also, like, openly joking about how he didn't particularly enjoy their existence, <laughs> suddenly... Um, his behavior would like, uh, his uh, behavior uh, would dictate uh, otherwise. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just because he enjoyed sleeping with them, I think, does not mean he enjoyed speaking with them. Well, yes. <laughs> so, the Singer sewing machine ended up getting marketed specifically to women, because women were the ones doing the household sewing. Women be sewing, y'all! <laughs> right. But in doing so, you freed up a bunch of time. Mm-hmm. For 
women who had been occupied making shirts and doing the home sewing and repair all by hand, mm-hmm. all of a sudden they've got a machine that can do in an hour what used to take 12. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, it's the 1850s. It's time to That's party. An in- <laughs> I mean, if you're interested in women's rights. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it is. That's exactly what I'm saying. Time to party. <laughs> so he not only started specifically addressing uh, an economically implied purchase, mm-hmm. like a, a purchase that would be a large household expense, specifically to women. Mm-hmm. Um, and the advertisements were specifically, like, they would ask for the lady of the house, mm-hmm. not, and would not want to speak to the man, mm-hmm, apparently. Right. And so he's definitely doing one thing and, like, completely, completely blowing that apart. <laughs> With what he needs to do to make money. All I can think about is how fast you can crank out a sash that says votes for women once you got That's that machine. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, heck yeah! Anyways, what I a dumb dumb. Sort of a funny chain of events for getting to this sewing machine that would also later provide economic freedom for women who could work in factories oh, and. Yeah. Things like that. And he just didn't really like women. Mm-hmm. And that is a bit awkward for him. <laughs> so anyway, there's a there's a very long article that lays that out significantly better than I did that I will link to from the BBC. Hold on, let me say who wrote it. Tim Harford, who is apparently the presenter of 50 Things That Made the Modern Economy, wrote this very, very interesting article about how all of that came together and how that connects to women's rights, which is a really interesting thing to think about because when you think about sewing at least maybe in our parents generation Mm -hmm. that was seen as something that was keeping women down and when in fact the very machine that people were shying away from was a machine that offered significant amounts of freedom Mm -hmm. to women yeah i just thought that was interesting Mm -hmm. it is i like that thank you for sharing that Mm -hmm. as as an aside that is somewhat related but in the opposite direction i think um i learned during the norway's national knitting night thing (laughs) that um sheep shearing was traditionally something that women did when they were shearing by hand and then when it came to having the shearing machinery industrialized version yeah it yeah it then it changed over to being um something that men did but it is they it was traditionally what it was considered women's work. So mm-hmm. all that is yep. very interesting how we get into these things. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. History. Cool. Cool history. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And there are definitely many more, many more interesting details and directions that the article goes. And you could really, really go down a rabbit hole with all of the different directions that it takes and um all of the implications of those directions so i recommend setting aside some time and taking that deep dive because it's really cool yeah Mm -hmm. nice except for singer he was less cool (laughs) yeah yeah he was kind of a jerk (laughs) sorry and i say that as a collector of antique singer sewing machines. Yeah. yeah during his lifetime i have machines from then (laughs) so Awkward. Yeah. <laughs> well, shifting directions entirely, although I was very here for that story, Haley. Thank you again for sharing. Mm-hmm. I now oh, have please, shift. I now have yeah. a lot of feminist Googling to do. Because <laughs> um, I'm all fired up. Um, but okay, so the reason I'm acting like a total like a person who's just like never talked to another person right now <laughs> is because I have been a little busy since what, November? Early November? 
Yeah, yeah. it's been a while. It was right yeah. after I uh, finished my not dissimilar project. Yes. <laughs> so ironically, I guess for people for listen for listeners of the podcast and fans of the Haley Molly Heidi trio, uh-huh. um, once again, my life and Haley's life are moving like in similar directions at the same time. Um, we do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just really funny that that always happens. Um, so I'm, I am like avoiding saying this out loud because I guess I haven't really said it yet. Um, so I wrote a book, y'all. That's where I've been. <laughs> yeah. You did. Yay, and I that's did. really exciting. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's weird. It's yeah. still super duper doesn't feel real. But um, yeah, so... It doesn't even after they exist. It's I know. Fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like not a it, like in light of the current world state, it doesn't even feel like a priority because sure. there's so much else going on. But yeah, I wrote a book in much like Haley. Apparently, we just attract publishers who want us to write books real fast. And we both did it this year. Um, I found it's out. True. What was your turnaround? Like two, three months? Six weeks. Yeah. Yep. And mine was two months, but I pushed it to three because I was doing some large scale work and I was like, guys, I'm going to need this in my hands for two more weeks. And it was not a problem. Yeah. So, but yeah, I guess because I'm publishing. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess I'm getting ahead of myself because this is something I'm not accustomed to talking about. But yeah, I wrote a book. Um, and the way it happened, I guess, was I got cold emailed from this editor. Um, it's Leisure Arts. They've been around for a really long time. Like my grandmother in some of the stuff I inherited from her literally has Leisure Arts like craft pamphlets from Joanne's. (laughs) Definitely. Um, so they've been around for a long time and an editor there cold emailed me after finding me through Pinterest and the Hands Occupied blog. Um, and of all the things... (laughs) <laughs> that I could be asked to write a book about. <laughs> it's freaking latch hook, you guys. Uh-huh. I mean, because we can't get away from it. It's yeah. kind of perfect. <laughs> I, it might not have been what it you really thought is. was the best fit for you, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our entire podcast has been leading up to this moment. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Like, if you've listened since season one, like, one of my topics from, like, the second or third episode is about how, guys, I think I love Latchhook. I didn't think I would. It's weird, and it's from, like, the 80s and 90s, and it's all, like, clowns and unicorns that I'm not into. I mean, I'm into the right clown and unicorn, but not in a, like, (laughs) paint-by-number version of a Latchhook rug, okay? Um, let's not yeah and um yeah and so turns out you can just like write a blog post about something and wanting it to be a thing and some editor can see you and be very much on the same page and already want to be writing a book in that vein and it's like hey you know how to do this and you're and what you've done on your blog is the vibe we'd love to see in a book but we need it in two months can you do it Uh Uh uh-huh you can (laughs) <laughs> but it, you have to put a lot on pause and deal with a lot of anxiety for a long amount of time. <laughs> yes, that is true. But, like, it's real. It has a cover. It has a name. It has photos. And we're in the middle of editing. And we all work remote, so it's still getting edited at, while we speak. Nice. That's exciting. I am delighted, and I can't wait to see your designs. I mean, I've, <laughs> yeah. I've seen, you know, we've all seen a little, little sneak views because... Yeah. You know, we get the inside look at Heidi's life. Uh-huh. But. <laughs> or the, like, panic text. Like, you guys have both written books. Have I destroyed my life? <laughs> like, am I doing everything wrong? Am I going to not have a career again because of this? And, and you guys are like, no. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> that was fine. No, yeah. but that is a very real thing. Though. Yeah. Like, especially on first books. Yeah. You have no idea what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even matter how many people you know who have done it yeah. before and are telling you how they did it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You're, you're just going to think that you have ruined the entire world at <laughs> least three to four times. Because yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to like you have to have enough faith in what you're working on and hopefully enough support from like an editor if you have that to be able to be like, I have faith in making in my case, I think I started with 15 designs. Like, mm-hmm. on paper, like, I did the entire chart, math, because I, I had to order everything at once right? Mm-hmm. for the entire book and hope that I didn't screw That's up the so math. That's so stressful. 
because mm-hmm. there's not there's like no guidance out there about like calculating yardage you know like it's not like right. here's a hundred blog posts on getting good gauge and knitting latch hook nada nothing <laughs> so that was really scary because i had to do again the oh, entire book about that yeah yes yeah, yeah. so, and with latch hook it's way more yardage because it's you're making shag rugs right. and some of mine are up to like four feet by two feet of roving Whoa. that was scary wow and, yeah. you, and you're calculating yardage in three dimensions kind of because you have to know the area plus the pile height so how thick the rug is anyway i cover all this in my upcoming book (laughs) you should buy it i'm excited like that's the kind of information i want to get behind so yeah i think i might and with like my with my um like arthritis and stuff that i've also talked about like Mm -hmm. it almost felt like a sign i'm not the biggest like woo woo person but it almost felt like a sign that yeah that I that like it, that it's okay to do latch hook and hopefully other people will be on board now that they they'll have like this handbook for like getting started and then yeah, yeah I have a yeah. lot of I have a lot of cool ideas and and modern designs which yeah. is great yeah, yeah they're not all 80s it's not all mushrooms <laughs> I thought about I, like mushrooms. I thought Come about on. doing a mushroom but um yeah. but I also like or smurfette yeah <laughs> I, <laughs> I definitely unearthed a Smurfette oh, um, man. latch hook project when I was helping my best friend clean out her mom's basement. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. a lot of branded kits out there, too. Yes. yes. Um, well, and again, like, having seen a sneak peek, um, like, there's you've done some really cool things that just you don't think of with latch hook or even that you look at and immediately say, oh, that must be latch hook. Um, and I think yeah. that's cool. Like you've found ways to use it. So I'm excited for it. I'm excited for the book. Yeah, yep. it's me too. It was really interesting because I think it having a short time frame, I had no choice but to have like faith in my own freaking ability and that I've been doing this for like 10 years because yeah. mm-hmm. that's a thing I have. I really struggle with is just being like convinced that everything I've ever done is garbage. I mean, I think that's a relatable sentiment. And then when you're like, (laughs) I am under legal contract to a publisher to get this on time and also like try to have it be something that's in my style, but it's it's in a technique that there's really, like I said, not a lot of direction for. So I just had to get to the point where I was like, relax, stretch every day, meditate, take breaks, but don't like, just stay the course. You just trust your initial idea. And I built in two extra projects so I could light two of them on fire if I really had to. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it worked out. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Sorry, I'm rambling. But it's it was, it's been a wild couple of months. And it's really, I think, yeah. drastically, like, improved my maker, like, brain. Yeah. For the better. Like, I feel already like I'm way less precious about everything. Like, yeah, not I'm not like inventing the cure for coronavirus here. You know what I mean? Right. right. <laughs> like, it's a craft design. Thank goodness. That would be awkward if you were latch hooking. The- <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but yeah, but like, it's it's not it's not life and death. It is a craft book for people to have fun and like yeah. wanting it to be yeah. fun. And not so dang serious, which I always get bogged down in, I feel like, as a designer, was really, like, everything was better. The whole process was better when I just chose to be calm and trust myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's hard to do. But once you do it, it just becomes a lot more, I guess, at least for me, my thinking became a lot more organized and, Mm -hmm. like, what mattered and what really didn't. Yeah became a lot clearer yeah and also knowing that like at the end of the day like this isn't this is these opinions are my own they are not reflective of my publisher etc this is just me saying at the end of the day this is a publishing business they need the manuscript as close to on time as possible because they have to deliver it to stores to put out at the right time like remembering too that like some like if your design maybe has to not have an extra foot on it or something like that to make yeah. the deadline because at the end of the day this is a job and right. they are yep. paying you as an artist to give you a chunk of clay that they can edit into a book 
which is a product. Like that's the other thing that I had to remember is like, that is why this is a legal contract. This isn't just like you being some artist and you're whatever. This is job. Like getting that head on straight, I think was really important to doing this in a short amount of time. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, so I wrote a book. Ta-da! Yay! Yeah! (laughs) I should send you guys the proofs that I have of the photos so you can actually see what I did. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That's the new thing. I have to be fine. I have to be fine with people actually looking at this book because I've been trying to, like, just hide it now and, like, pretend it's not happening, which is dumb as well. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Well, it's (laughs) it's gonna happen no matter what. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Um, Well, speaking of photos that you might have wanted to hide but you show oh, no. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um mm-hmm. before we before we wrap up this podcast cuz you know we obviously have been quite chatty with having uh Heidi back but you know I don't want this to go Sorry. on and on and on but this is an important I bring thing. the chatter. I deliver oh, the now chatter. I have journey stuck in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so I just brought for to just to wrap this up with a little bit of a laugh, but maybe some nostalgia. Um, again, <laughs> we know that I get stuck on Instagram a lot, and one of the accounts that I follow is Awkward Family Photos, which is just I believe it's just at Awkward Family Photos, and yeah, one of the things that I've noticed has come up several times is. Um, handmade matching outfits. Oh boy! And it's amazing. So I have put a few of these um, into <laughs> these links here for Haley and Heidi to view. I don't think they've seen all of them before now. Um, I'm opening no. them for the first time uh-huh. right now, and and yes, I'll have all the links too. in the show notes. Um, the first one I have is these. I, I definitely remember this fabric from like being in fabric stores in. Uh. The 90s. <laughs> The it's, 90s, yeah. Yes. It's a blue and oh, white sunflower, gingham everything. with sunflowers all over it. And all of the women in the family are wearing outfits out of this fabric. All different little styles. Um, you know that they thought that was going to be adorable. And I guess it kind of was, but also it's... It's cute. It's, it's cute. not as bad as some. Right. It doesn't It doesn't age real well, but, you know, it's okay. Um, another I lo- one... I, hold on. I love... That they, like, all went to probably Joanne's. <laughs> yes, yes. Yep. And got, like, a bolt of this fabric. And they're in different versions of the same fabric. And yep. it's very, very um, Sound of Music. Very. Um, Except 1990 because they have giant bangs. Yes, exactly. There's another <laughs> one here, and it's a family. And they're wearing two different styles. Like, the the females are wearing plaid. And Oof. the males are wearing lizard fabric shirts. And this this is the the, um, caption on it. It says, not sure what we were thinking, but it seemed to be a good idea at the time. It's become a running family laugh and a threat from my wife every time she goes to the fabric store. I would totally wear the lizard fabric. (laughs) I mean, like, they could be a whole, like, dress, you know? Like, they just... I would for sure. They're geckos. Yeah. And I would totally wear them. Mm -hmm. Um, They just... They clash. It does. I they don't think they work together is the thing. They should have all gone lizards. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, those ones are like a little bit more recently vintage. Now we're going to move into some older things. And the next photo. Are we going to get 80s? <gasps> it's. Yes. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> I, are you at the. Are, have you got. Are you at the crocheted outfit? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. So yes. they're like granny square, like jumpers and rompers for these three little kids. It was from 1974. Um, I think it's absolutely adorable. <laughs> I mean, obviously, yeah, I would... maybe. They're little. Yeah, it's really sweet. I mean, again. Yeah, um, I would totally wear the overalls that the boys wear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fact, you would. Uh-huh. Um, didn't I sent you all a picture of crocheted rompers, like three crocheted rompers, didn't I? Yeah. That I said like we could like so this is kind of like a version of that. Um. So yeah, listeners, I hope that you are viewing these uh, along with us because they're fantastic. 
Um, yeah. We have... Yes. Definitely look at the show notes. Um, you know, again, especially you see a lot of, like, the ladies who are wearing their matching handmade outfits. Presumably, they're ma- they were handmade. Yes. Um, uh, one of them includes um, kerchiefs. So they're, um, like, head to toe oh, in this bold fabric. I've seen this one. And the... Um, <laughs> My uh, a personal favorite is the dresses that are like the print fabric that looks like Dresden, um, yeah, squares, yeah, Wait. or quilt blocks. Um, again, uh-huh. I love it. Says our aunt Helen made these for the three of us. I was mortified. Helen, yeah, I had Helen. I had an aunt Helen. Um, Same. Did not make <laughs> for us, but she did make me. So I'll have to talk about the. Doll I have an Aunt Helen too. It was the thing, you know. Um, but yeah, you I know, mean, it says the person. Is- I think it would be fine, sleeveless and without the ruffle, and also obviously without the kerchief. Yeah, well, it, it says is so eighties. The person who shared the photo said that that she was crying, and the compromise for being in the photo was that she didn't have to wear the bonnet. <laughs> So she's the one who's without the bonnet. Yeah, she says, even then, at a tender young age, I knew this was very, very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's yeah. just, but my it's just favorite, a lot. I honestly think my favorite is the last one that I have here. And um, uh, <laughs> this, what's, oh, <laughs> my. First of all, let me just say my, let's see. It was my grandpa's sisters and mom and maybe his aunt also. I can't remember. Um, They often dressed like this photo. This is the, again, head to toe turquoise. And to the point where like my cousins, I think, referred to them as like the turquoise trio or something like that because they loved (laughs) this color. But what we have here, if you aren't seeing this, is... Parents and very young child in turquoise pants and vest with blousey tops uh, underneath little lavender neck uh, neckerchief. And what is different about yeah, this? Turquoise bell bottoms. Yeah, they're like bell bottoms. Let's be clear. But they're like yeah, like short. <laughs> they're and poet giant shirts. collars. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, and the kerchief. Oof. Yeah, it's a whole thing. But what is interesting about this one is it was the dad who made these outfits for them. He was, it says he was taking. Um, he did a nice job. Yeah, he did. Those he are was, well tailored. Yeah, yeah he, the pants. He was mm-hmm. taking a costuming class because he was working on his PhD in theater. And so he made these for the family. I, you know, again, I mean, even the vest on the woman is very very well shaped yeah you did a good job yeah i'm more impressed with her pants the fit looks good i would wear those pants and i think actually the thing is all of these seem to be very well made and there's a lot of thought that yeah and they all fit yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and that's i think that even though like you look at these and you're like oh my goodness everyone's wearing matching outfits but like, it's really sweet, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I w- I also really appreciate the child with its, like, bottom lip very far out. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Yes. Uh, I, I actually think they look kind of good. Like, very specific time period. But I, I, yeah. I like this picture. I think... I think it's cute. Yeah, I think... And actually, mm-hmm. I, I think that the, the older ones are... Um, even better than like the ones from the 90s and maybe like 20 years from now the ones from the 90s will feel even more like i think probably because i remember but we survived that yeah exactly i remember (laughs) when that was the thing in fact i've i think i've mentioned before the time that my mom made matching outfits for my sister and i for a vacation and (laughs) we wanted them but they didn't come out how we expected Uh and we did not we like barely wore them. <laughs> I felt terrible. I still feel terrible now, but yeah. Um, that's really funny. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. just a little, a little fun to uh, wrap this up because you know it also is something that you could go on and 
enjoy extra screen time looking at all of the awkward family photos, some of which are a little <laughs> extra questionable. Not all are as wholesome <laughs> as matching family outfits, but um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I am looking at one that is also crafting themed right now that seems to have some awkwardly placed handprints. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I see what they were going for. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They just didn't quite think it all the way through. It's, they're perfectly placed. They are. <laughs> anyway, they are. You, should, you should go take a wander through these photos. You will see immediately what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. Anyway, that's all I've got. Just yeah. some awkward handmade outfit photos. And what more do you need? Exactly. Nothing. Some, I mean, someday I need to find a picture of the jumper my mother made me in the 90s. It had a matching scrunchie that she made with extra fabric because that's obviously what you did in the 90s. Why would you throw a scrap of fabric away when you could make unlimited scrunchies? Anyway. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> and the best part was, first of all, she always made me wear this dress to mass because I guess she really liked it on me or something. Okay. But the fabric she picked was like the kind of fabric that one would sew a daishiki from. Yeah. And I have blonde hair and blue eyes and I lived in North Dakota. So I don't know. I need to find a picture of what this dress actually looked like because my memory of it is certainly worse than the reality. At least I'm really hoping. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it sounds rather problematic. Yeah. <laughs> so that might be my own awkward family photo. If it exists somewhere. I'll I'll have to see if I can track down any of ours. Although, yeah, I I think we probably tried to avoid photos. (laughs) If at all possible. Yeah, I think I wore my little jumper with a turtleneck a lot. Because it was the 90s. Mm -hmm. Oh, turtlenecks. Yep. They look terrible on me. (laughs) And my mom used to make me wear them all the time. Yeah. And then, at some point, she decided... Instead, I could wear a mock turtleneck dicky. <laughs> so much better. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I think I think I'm just young enough that dickies weren't very much in my wardrobe. Yeah, I don't think I ever actually wore one. <laughs> well, let me tell you, they itched. And I'm sure you loved it. Would just work their way up. They didn't do what they were supposed to right. do. Also, why don't you just wear a shirt? I don't <laughs> understand. For when you want aesthetic layers, but not actual layers. Get a dicky. I, <laughs> I was a very skinny and cold child. You there needed was, more no. clothes. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> cold in several ways. <laughs> Let me put us out of our awkward misery at the moment and go ahead and close the episode. So thanks for listening to the Very Serious Crafts podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Serious Crafts and on Facebook at Very Serious Crafts. You can also find show notes and all things Very Serious Crafts at VerySeriousCrafts.com. And finally... If you're a fan of the Very Serious Crafts podcast, which I'm guessing you are if you're still listening, uh, please leave us a five-star review on whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Good ratings help us show up in recommendations, which helps more people who love crafting find us. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) The end. The end. Oh, I just... It's I'm really just thinking about Dickies. <laughs> it was re- it's it's really nice talking to people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's very nice uh, seeing and talking with you. I know, and like your cute alpacas. <laughs> what? Your alpacas, aren't they? Yeah, you're wearing. Oh, are you alpacas? looking at my pajamas? Yeah, they're yeah. alpacas. Uh, Christmas theme alpacas. They're wearing pom pom necklaces and scarves. And hats. And no dickies. Nice. No dickies. See, that is the one instance where I think it might actually make sense. (laughs) 
an alpaca because with you'd want it to just hang down uh-huh. instead of like. Can you imagine trying to make a shirt that would fit an alpaca? Well, and it feels redundant. Yeah. <laughs> but they'd want that fashion sense <laughs> okay. of the mock turtleneck, clearly. <laughs> oh, they're, they're extremely serious alpacas. They're, yes. They're very, um, very stylish. Yeah, the very serious Polished. alpaca podcast. They have their own. Polished alpacas. Al podcast. Oh, my goodness. All right. Alpaca cast. I think this is the end. Okay. <laughs> 